This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy time are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Around the same time we were doing our um, our constitutional convention, there was a revolution fomenting overseas. And uh, King Louis uh, was either stupid or just so detached um, that he didn't really see what was coming. And he called everybody together, all the uh, lords and the ladies and everybody else, and said, okay, come on, everybody, let's get together and let's, let's open up and let's, let's look at how we can do things better. Well, it started to go awry and started to go the way he didn't like it. And instead of uh, quashing it or, um, or getting deeper into it and say, okay, now let's see and really work it out, he just instead decided the next day just to lock the doors. And so all the people showed up, and the doors were locked, and um, that was just, you know, oh well, it's over. But they didn't like that. The people who were attending the convention didn't like that at all. So they just said, we're going to meet on the tennis court. And they took what was called the tennis court oath. And this is how we get left and right and everything else. That thing spiraled out of control and went into the French Revolution, there's hopefully no way that anything like that happens at the Convention of States. And that's why what happened this weekend was so important because there's a lot of concerns that you start opening up the Constitution and maybe things can spiral out of control. Again, our founders were brilliant and they knew there are safeguards. We'll put them in here. So it's a very controlled um, situation. Mark Meckler is uh, with us from the Convention of States. You were in Williamsburg. What was it like to do a, the possibility of a real convention, constitutional um, uh, uh, hood up in Williamsburg? It was like sitting and watching history. I mean, it was really extraordinary, Glenn. You had delegates from our commissioners from all 50 states, Literally 137 commissioners flew in from all over the country, most of them sitting legislators, some retired state legislators, some just citizen delegates from the states. But the majority were citizen or were state legislators. And man, I'll tell you, the first day when they entered that room, the placards up for every state, a huge American flag, 12 by 24 behind the dais. And when uh, the Georgia, the interim president from Georgia, uh, Representative Brockway gaveled that thing to order, it was incredible, the electricity in the room. You guys wear powdered wigs just for fun. <laughs> you know, they had them there in Williamsburg if we had wanted them, but everybody seemed to opt out. Yeah. It was a little warm. Weird. Okay, so let's go over this. Convention of, Convention of States, Article 5 of the Constitution. Has it ever been invoked before? Never been used. And it has never been used because it is really kind of a last resort, break glass in case of an emergency kind of thing. 
Well, and also the bar is very high. It's difficult mm-hmm. to call a convention. It takes 34 states passing essentially identical resolutions to get to the point where you can actually have a convention. Two-thirds of states have to do it. That's a high bar to get to, to get two-thirds of states to agree Why on Why do anything. you think this will happen this time? Because the American people are united. And I know that sounds outrageous based on the current election we're having and the way things are going, but here's what they're united around, Glenn. 72% of Americans say that the federal government is too big and does too much. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, what your ideology is. You're sick of the federal government in your business, in your face. That's just true for most Americans, and it's been true and growing for a long time. 52% of Americans today say that the federal government has actually lost its legitimacy. It's not a legitimate representative of the American people anymore. 52%. 52%. That is, by the way, a higher number by far than supported the American Revolution back in revolutionary times. And so what it means is that Americans are not looking to Washington, D.C. anymore. They're looking away from Washington, D.C. They're ready to take their power back, and Article 5 is the mechanism that the founders gave us to do that. How many states do you have on board so far? So eight states have now passed the resolution. 38 states will be taking it up come January of 2017. So there's a... I need 30. You need 34. 34 is to call the convention. 26 26 more. more. Yes, sir. So what do you say, Mark, to the people who say, well, what about a runaway convention? What do you... How do you safeguard against How do we that? Make sure it's Everybody's not, afraid they're going to open up the Second court. Amendment and right. change that and take that away and all of that. How, how, do, you, how do you respond to sure. that? Well, let me, let me start at the backside, which is the ultimate safeguard the founders put in. It takes 38 states or three-quarters of states to ratify anything that comes out of convention. That's a super high bar, right? Super, yeah. super majority. So when you flip yeah. the math on its head, what it means is that it takes only 13 states to stop anything that those of us sitting here wouldn't like. So I want you to think about that. One of the things I hear all the time from people who are against this, and it is a small minority, but a vocal minority of people against this, they, they really say, are. we're going to lose our Second Amendment. They're going to take away our guns in this convention. So I want you to imagine this. 13 states can stop anything that comes out of convention. That means, in our case, the 13 most conservative states. So here's what you have to believe if you believe in this runaway stuff. You have to believe Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Florida, Nebraska, the Dakotas, they're going to vote to take away your guns. You have to believe that. I've been in 40 states in the last two years, most of them in the state legislature. They're not going to. Those people are not going to vote for anything that would limit your liberty. So the, the threshold is so high, it is impossible to pass anything so, that would limit so your liberty. So there are two really high thresholds. 30, uh, 34 states need to say, yes, we'll go. And then, then they hash whatever it is out. Then it goes back, and 38 states have to say, yes, we're going to do that. That's correct, meaning Holy it takes a cow. massive majority of public opinion to get something out of convention and then to the states and then ratified. And remember, the way ratification works is important. I spent a lot of time in state legislatures. The thing that they are very best at is doing nothing. (laughs) They're experts at nothing. And so in order to not ratify an amendment, what they need to do is nothing. No committee hearings. They don't have to vote it down. They don't ever even have to talk about it. If they don't take it up, they don't join the ratification. So getting something ratified is an exceptionally high bar. Yeah, ask the equal rights people about that. The ERA amendment, which never passed. Okay, so that's there's two things then. That, That gives me great safeguards, but that also makes me say... Oh, crap. They're not going to do any of this. Right. Why would they do anything that would help us as far as, you know, increasing our liberty when only 13 liberal states can block it? I, 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 had a, I, had a, I, I read a great line today uh, from somebody, and, and I don't agree with this at all, but they were like, 
if voting really did something, the government would have banned it. <laughs> I think they would like to ban Article yes. 5. And they've been trying with this leftist propaganda for a long time to turn the right against itself and to stop us from using it. But to answer your question, here's why. Because the only things that are going to come out of convention are things that have majority, supermajority support. And let me give you some examples. For over 30 years, the balanced budget amendment in one form or another has polled at about 80% with the American public. So when's the last time the federal government cared about a balanced budget amendment, right? They don't. Mm -hmm. But the American public, by massive numbers, wants it. And the American public, by massive numbers, wants term limits. Whatever you think of term limits, about 80% of Americans say Congress should be subject to term limits. We tried in the late 70s. What happened is we got to 23 states, passed term limits on their congressional delegations. The Supreme Court had the audacity to tell us we can't do it, but we can through Article 5. So these are the kind of things that are going to come through the process. Common sense reforms that the vast majority of Americans agree with and believe in. So what happened at the conventions? Called to order. What happened? I mean, the first thing, and, and to me, the most extraordinary thing, you know, I've been working on this for a long time. So to get to this moment where the conventions actually gaveled to order was extraordinary for me and my staff. And, you know, it's been humbling, incredibly humbling. I mean, it gives me chills just to yeah, think about it right now. The most amazing thing, Glenn, if, you know, if you've ever sent a kid off to college, that's kind of what it felt like. Like we got to this moment, the gavel falls, and then we really had nothing to do with it anymore. It was in the hands of the commissioners. And the delegation from Georgia served as the interim chair because they were the first state to pass this. And they immediately began the voting for the officers at the convention. Ten names went into nomination. It was taken very seriously. It went through three rounds of voting until we got to the majority. And then the representative from Utah, Representative Ken Ivory, was seated as the first president in history of an Article 5 convention. Really overwhelmingly emotional to watch that take place. Now, this doesn't count. So this, is, this was mock. So when you say he's the first one seated for an Article 5 convention, I mean, is that a historic moment? I mean, really? I mean, I, I think know it, it is, yeah. but... Well, it, it is because count, nobody's it? ever even done, done this. a simulation ever in America. In fact, they said it couldn't be done. Three you years were ago, doing, we were told it was crazy and it couldn't be done. And you, were, and you were doing the simulation just to see, okay, how does this thing work? So when we get to the real one, this isn't like some mock, hey, we're making a documentary... This is, this is a trial run to work out the bugs and see where the pitfalls are. Look, as a business guy, you understand proof of concept as well as anybody, yeah. right? So yeah. you come up with your idea, you work on it, you develop it. And at some point, you've got to put it on the table and see if it works. What did you learn? We learned a lot. I learned, I think the hardest thing, I had a delegate come up to me and say this. She said, you know, everybody worries about a runaway convention. We're going to be lucky if we can crawl. You get 150 representatives yeah. from all 50 states in a room and get them to agree is this the word and, or does a comma go there? That's a big deal. It's going to be slow. It was incredibly deliberative, much more deliberative than I expected. Many delegates came up to me and said this, you know, I keep having to remind myself this is not the real thing. That's how serious they were. These folks understood that they were dealing with the Constitution, our founding charter, the most important thing that they will ever do as a state legislator, and they took it that seriously. I was really heartened by that. Um, um... What you don't have, I would assume, what you didn't have is any kind of, um, I mean, I hate to sound uh, conspiratorial, but any kind of Soros influence. When, when this becomes real, you know you will have outside pressure that do not want this to happen um, and money funneled and campaigns and everything else. 
you had a group of generally like-minded people together? I would say generally. I mean, we certainly had some Democrats. We had some right. independents. Our co-sponsor in Ohio is a Democrat from the inner city in Ohio, in Ohio there. So there was a mix, but... I, it was, it was, so it was generally what you would have, what you're expecting to have. I think, no, to be fair, what you're pointing out is true, which is at the real convention, you'll have what I would call the hard radical left. Yes. And I think they will be doing more than what you described, not just trying to upset the process, but they will, they will be attempting to hijack the process. Yes. They're not engaged right now because they don't like Article 5. Okay, so when that happens, did you learn anything on how to stop that? Yeah, we did, because we actually ran according to a set of convention rules drafted by the leading expert in the country on Article 5, Rob Nadelson. It ran according to those rules. What we saw is everything's orderly, everything's smooth. And, you know, when people are out of order, somebody raises a point of order and they're stopped. So the idea that somebody is going to be allowed to raise their hand and say, for example, bring up the Second Amendment, it just couldn't happen. Because you're going to have, remember, 31 states right now, both houses controlled by Republicans. Somebody's going to raise their hand and say, point of order, that's not within our mandate. Um, tell me why this doesn't turn into France and the tennis court or the Articles of Confederation. Sure, let's go to 1787, because that's a place where most of the runaway folks go. Um, in 1787, we hear the story that these incredible men that, that gathered in Philadelphia went to amend the Articles of the Confederation. They exceeded their authority convention essentially ran away and we got the new constitution. Mm -hmm. That's obviously divinely inspired and an incredible blessing, but they were out of bounds is what we hear over and over. And if you had said that 10 years ago, all history would have said you were correct. Today, new research has been done and you can read these on our website. You go pull the commissions, the actual pieces of paper that these delegates or these commissioners went to Philadelphia with and read what their authority is. And I tell you, I'll quote from those commissions because all of them have virtually identical language. The language was this, that the commissioner is granted all authority necessary to render the federal constitution adequate for the exigencies of the union. Period. Stop. End. No limitation on their authority. So where does it come from, this idea that it was a runaway convention? Well, so, some didn't want to do it. Some didn't want to do it. They were making a case, basically, I know New York was making a case for Bork. And New York is one of two delegations that did not have that authority. There okay. were two delegations that did not. So the question is, but where does this widespread idea from the runaway come from? And like most bad ideas, it comes from Congress. <laughs> because here's what's happened. The majority of states had already designated their commissioners, already given them their commissions, already given them the authority. And Congress issued what was essentially an advisory opinion and does what congressmen do and said, hey, the states are doing something. We ought to, we ought to go along. It looks like they're going to do this without us no matter what. And they issued this proclamation for a convention. Important to note, in the articles... No authority to call a convention. In the articles, no authority to propose amendments, period. Congress had no authority. So they issue this proclamation, and they say to amend the Articles of Confederation. But if you read the full proclamation, it also contains the language, and take any and all actions necessary to rent. So those men, it's outrageous. I just want you to think about this. Hang on, we got, I have to take a break. You could finish that, and then what they actually did in Williamsburg this weekend. 
Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. 